You're listening to the Mill Sunday School Podcast. It's, it's okay. It feels good. Okay. All right. Greet the people around you, and then you can also turn to the book of Genesis in the Bible. I don't hear anybody greeting. It's important. Greet, greet your buddies. Hi. How are you doing? Hi. Hi, Bill. Hi, Sean McRae. Hi, Jason. What's up? Hey, good to meet you this morning. Uh, Genesis is the very first book of the Bible. And uh, today, today we are talking about Jesus, but I have this idea. And I'll, I'll just tell you the idea that I have. It's not my idea. I, st- I stole it, but it's a really good idea. Um, and it's just this idea that if, if people, if you, if you talk to someone that does not believe in Jesus as Lord, it's usually because of something in their life they don't want to give lordship to Jesus. It's usually not because of some fact or some you know study or knowledge that they came to think that Jesus isn't Lord, Jesus wasn't real, Jesus didn't exist. And so it's usually more of a spiritual reason. But we're going to get into that today. And so that idea is, is portrayed here. And I'll get to what I'm talking about. Hopefully it'll make sense. So we're in Genesis chapter 3. Um, in my Bible, it's page 10, right at the very beginning. This is the story of the fall of humans, how they, they, their first sin. And it goes something like this. We're looking at Genesis 3, verse 1 in your Bible. You could turn there. We got Bibles on the tables. Uh, if you brought your own Bible, I think you're extra cool. And so Genesis 3, 1 says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the other wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to woman, uh, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat from any of the trees in the garden, but God said, you must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. You must not touch it or you will die. You will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat of it, listen to this, your eyes will be opened. You will be like God, knowing good and evil. And so this, the whole idea of the fruit thing wasn't just like an arbitrary fruit that God's like, yeah, this is, this is an, a piece of fruit that you can't eat, my rules. But the, but the fruit was more um, this idea that your eyes will be opened. You'll be like God. You'll know good and evil. And verse 6 says, The woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good and pleasing for food and to the eye and, and desirable. And listen to this, desirable for gaining wisdom. So she took it and she ate it and she gave it to her husband who was with her and he ate it as well. So here you have people eating, the, the first humans eating of this fruit that makes them like God, knowing good and evil. And I think the, the first sin of the Bible, this, this fall of humanity, is not really about this random apple or piece of fruit that they ate arbitrarily that God said don't eat. It was more of a sin of disobedience. It was more of a sin of, of them saying, I want to be my own boss. I want to be Lord of my own life. I don't want the Lord to tell me what to do. I want to disobey. And so as we, as we think about that, um, hopefully that has practical applications, so something that we can learn today as we, as we study the, the, the life, who Jesus was. But let's pray together as, as we begin. Jesus, we come to you, Father, this morning. And God, we, we do say to you, you are Lord of our lives. God, we want to conform our thinking to you and to your ways. God, we don't want to, conf- we don't want to have an image of you that is conformed to something that, that we think about you, but we want ourselves to be conformed to you. And so, God, we love you and we praise you. And all, all God's people screamed. Amen. Amen. 
All right. Uh, I, I used to be a janitor, and I used to go to this other church when I lived uh, in a different city. And uh, I used to be a janitor at this church. And it was a pretty sweet job because uh, they're just good people, had a great boss, got to hang out at the church and meet some cool people and, and, and do cool things like setting up rooms. Just very kind of easy work, but um, just work that was fun because I had a good crew around me until one day. And uh, th- this dude came in uh, the, the, the morning that my boss was like, Joe, this is David. He's going to be working with you today. And I kind of looked at this guy, and he just looked like a character, you know, just kind of like stumbled in, just smelled, reeked of cigarettes and I think marijuana. And, and I was like, he's going to be helping? He's like, and, they're like, and the boss is like, yeah, whatever you're doing, just let him follow you. Let him do whatever you do. And I was like, all right. Uh, I think his name is Daniel or David. I was like, all right, David, let's go clean some toilets. <laughs> and so we're cleaning toilets, and, and he actually worked with me in an, an entire summer. And I got to know more of his story because I'm like, so you work here now? And he's like, no, I don't really work here. And I was like, so you're volunteering? He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm volunteering here. But it turned out as, 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 the, as the summer progressed, I learned more of his story, found out that he was doing community service time and had been assigned or got assigned to, to the church that I was working at. And so uh, he just <laughs> very rough around the edges, wasn't a Christian, kind of had a lot to say. He was kind of an agnostic, believed in God, but had his own rules and faith about what what he believed. And uh, some of our conversations took us to some some interesting things. I think he always got me talking because he found out that if he could get me talking, he could listen to me instead of work. Have you ever had a teacher like that? You're like, I know that there won't be a quiz if we could get the teacher talking about their favorite subject. Have you ever done that? <laughs> There was this sixth grade teacher we used to constantly do that to. He liked, like back in the day, I'm kind of old, but back in the day, he and he was kind of old. So he, he liked CB radio, like ham radios was his hobby. And so he's like, all right, everybody get ready for a quiz. And somebody like raised their hands like, my brother's thinking about building a CB radio. I was like, oh, really? Do you have any advice for my brother? And he just like ramble on for an hour. The bell would ring and we'd yes, no quiz. We did it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but this kid was a, the, the, a similar kind of way, just right out of high school, very young. And I think he just really wanted to get me talking. And he knew that he could get me talking about spiritual things. So he'd ask me, you know, about Jesus. He'd ask me about the Bible. And I think he just kind of did that to, to avoid work. But he did have some theories. He, had, he definitely thought through what he believed about Jesus. Because he, did, he, did, he didn't believe that Jesus was Lord. He, he would say Jesus was a good guy, kind of a good teacher. But he was a fake. He, he didn't really... It wasn't really who he said he was. And people uh, kind of put onto him these beliefs that he was God. And so, for instance, we got to talking about uh, the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. And he's like, oh, yeah, this is a perfect example. Je- what Jesus did is there's 5,000 people, right? And so, I mean, obviously, everybody brings food and, you know, lunch with them if they're traveling and listening to sermons and going out somewhere. And so all these people had lunch with them, but nobody was sharing. And maybe there was some people there that were hungry and didn't bring their own lunch. And so what happened was Jesus t- shared a message about sharing. And then this little kid came forward and brought his fishes and loaves and everybody saw that. It's like, oh, it's a miracle of sharing. And so everybody pulled out their snack packs and Lunchables. It's like, oh, let's, let's have a feast. Let's all just share. And he said, that's what the miracle was. There was no real miracle because Jesus really isn't God. And I said, no, that's not really how it happened because there's one more story. One more fact of that story is that there was 12, uh, 12 baskets of food left over. And he's like, well, that, that can be explained because Jesus had them sit on the grass and Jesus was progressive and ahead of his time and Jesus knew how to make bread out of grass. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, but you know, bread out of grass. And I wanted to say, what kind of grass are you smoking? <laughs> but he, he, he just had all these ideas and theories of, 
of Jesus was a good guy, but Jesus was not God because he didn't want to believe that Jesus was God. And throughout this summer, getting to know this kid, uh, I, I had developed kind of just a heart for him and would share with him about Jesus. And he, even though it was kind of hard, he was kind of like a, a know-it-all, like I know it all, and so I don't need to be told anything. Um, I remember like setting up a room with him. He's like, okay, the room needs to be set up like this. So there's like a music stand here, chairs facing the whiteboard. And he set it up in a different way. And I remember coming back and being like, we looked at, we talked about how to set up this room. Why did you set it up? Not like that, like we were supposed to. And he's like, well, I think this setup is better. He's like, well, they, they want it set up like this. I'm like, oh, this is much better. Trust me. And I was like, no, they, they really want it set up like this. And he just wouldn't budge. He just wanted to do it his own way. It was, it was very, very much this, this kid's thinking. And, and spiritually, that, that was in his life, too, this idea of doing it on his own, being his own boss. Because this summer, as I got to know him, I realized that the reason why he had all these theories about Jesus not being Lord and Jesus being fake is because he didn't want to submit to Jesus as Lord in his life. He had come from, you know, his background was he came from a very religious family that was very kind of legalistic, lots of rules, and was always telling him what to do and all, listing all these rules for him. And so he rebelled against that rebelled to the point of, uh, I don't know what he went to jail for. He went to jail for obviously breaking the law. He was out of jail early and then had to do his community service time. But in his life was just this idea of, I do not want to accept Jesus as Lord because then Jesus would be Lord in my life. He wanted to be Lord of his own life. And so today as we study Jesus, we're going to be um, just just kind of looking at this idea of, Jesus is Lord. Why don't people believe that he's Lord? Well, usually it has to do with um, a spiritual, more spiritual ideas than historical or factual ideas. And so we expected to have any commitment whatsoever because there's no God, because there's no rules. We could do what we want. And so that sounds good. And so he, he just had all these very, uh, he, he would consider progressive thinking that if God didn't exist, then why should we have you know rules that that assume that there is a God. If there's no God, then there, there should be no rules. And Bertrand Russell actually had to read this book in my seminary. The book is called Why I Am Not a Christian and other essays on religion and related subjects. So I had to read and study this book um, in my uh, seminary, learned my theology degree, because we had to know the philosophy of atheism. What do atheists believe? And this is one of the books that uh, they would say is very, very important to them. Um, because it has lots of arguments about why uh, there is no God. And on page 16, one of the foundations of his argument, one of the foundations of this atheist, Bertrand Russell's arguments, on page 16, as he begins, as he introduces this idea that God does not exist, he says this statement, which is just silly. He says, historically, it is quite doubtful whether Christ ever existed at all. And if he did, we do not know anything about him. Those idea, that idea, so he's saying Christ didn't ever even historically exist. And, and someone said, uh, I was reading a book about Bertrand Russell and, and as from a Christian perspective, and they said that it's never a historian that makes the claim that Jesus never historically existed. Um, it's always people like Bertrand Russell, a mathematician, and that making the claim, oh, historically, Jesus never existed. And so if you're taking notes, there's that one of the first points today is Jesus existed and you could put an exclamation next to that because he existed. I'm going to get, I'm going to share with you some uh, so, some proof. But you know, you may co- come come in here to Sunday school thinking, yeah, is the is the only proof that Jesus existed the Gospels? And what if those Gospels were made up and and just kind of uh, you know one source the other and they just made up this idea of Jesus because all we have is the Gospels. Well, ladies and gentlemen. 
we have a lot more than just the Gospels that tell us about Jesus. We have secular, pagan, and other religious historians all giving reference to Jesus at the time of uh, the first century. For instance, uh, Josephus. Has anyone ever heard of Josephus? Yes, a few of you have. Josephus, The Complete Works. I like to carry this book around just to impress people. I'm like, check out this book. Yeah, I just, you know, the, The Complete Works of Josephus. Pretty cool, don't you think? I mean, that's why I carry this around. Ladies, if you want to impress a guy, you might think that, you know, getting your hair done nice and uh, wearing a, a fancy outfit and uh, getting the makeup just right will impress the guy that you want to impress. You know, Valentine's Day is coming up. You might, you know, put it, put it in uh, high gear to, you know, get a guy's attention. If you really want to get a guy's attention, I highly suggest just carrying around the works of Josephus. Throw it in your purse. And, and, and some guy will come up to you and be like, so, Josephus, huh? And, you, and your conversation will start, and the guy will be like, yeah, did you know that Josephus was a Jewish historian that lived right around the time of Jesus? And he was a historian to the point that, I mean, he was reporting things that were contemporary to him, modern to him. And so Josephus, the complete works of Josephus, this big old reference book that you can carry around and impress guys with, is, is the primary source for what it was like to be uh, a Jew in first century A.D., uh, at the time of Jesus, in the area of Jesus, around Israel. So, so if you want to impress guys, this is gold. This is a gold mine right here. You could borrow my copy anytime you want. Just carry it around. Because, because you'll impress the kind of guys that I, as your Sunday school pastor, will highly recommend. I mean, if, somebody, if a guy knows who Josephus is and comes up to you and is like, yeah, so, Josephus created. But um, I, I don't really... I don't know about Christianity. I don't know about Jesus. And so I just kind of challenged him a little bit. I said, well, what do you think about Jesus?